something that we can hold on to and something that we know is a, a certainty. A lot of things are not nailed down in this life and they get away from us. But thank God the blood's still there. And I want to praise him uh, this morning for his faithfulness and for our God, a, a great God that he is and that his word still standeth sure. Have your Bibles. Turn with me in the third chapter of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And verses 17 and 18. Uh, we're going to kind of continue on with the thought that we had last week about the though and the yet. And there's going to be another though and another yet in this verse. And whether. These verses are, there's always a yet where there's a though. He says, although the fig tree, in verse 17, chapter 3 of Habakkuk, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He goes on to say that the Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon the high places to the chief singer on the string instrument. Last week we spoke about how that God, or would, he would, to Job, Job said these words, though he will slay me, yet will I trust him. Come what may, I'll go God's way. And this week we want to think on this thought, trading your doubt for a shout. Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we come... We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the day, for the blessings, for Johnny's praise and worship of thee this morning. We thank you for these that have come and for their faith, and we pray, God, that we might be able to strengthen our faith as we go into your holy word. Help us, Father, to look upward, and Father, to already see, Lord, that you're there. And knowing, God, Father, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, and that your word is true and pure, and Father, that it cannot fail. Have your will and way, dear God, and teach us, God, Father, to be faithful, Lord, in times of uh, trial and times of uh, uh, doubt. We pray that we might leave with a shout. Have your will and way, God, we pray and ask. We beg these name blessings in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. Habakkuk, how that he was a prophet of God. How that he saw many troubling times. If you look at verse 1, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. He saw a burden upon the land. And this word burden spoke of, uh, if you will, a curse or a judgment from Almighty God upon Israel. Israel had turned her back upon the fountain of living waters. She'd hewn her out cisterns. She'd went to adultery. 
She had went so low that she gave up on her God. How that in these uh, minor prophets we find it in Hosea. Uh, Hosea speaks of my uh, uh, Israel like Gomer. How that she had left, forsaken her God. She had committed the, the sin of the harlot and she'd went out to other lovers. But in Habakkuk here, pretty much the same thing. And he says the burden which Habakkuk did see. Habakkuk was worried. He was perplexed. There was spiritual darkness. There was immorality. There was injustice that he saw everywhere. If you look here in uh, verse uh, 2, you can see how that Habakkuk here, he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Here he feels God is indifferent to his prayers. Uh, these uh, twice he says there that he is crying unto God. He's crying passionately. And you know, the scripture says the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And Habakkuk says, I'm doing this. But still no answer. Still he's not hearing from God. He's crying out with all of his all of the passion that a praying man can pray with. But he says he feels that God is indifferent. He's not answering my prayer. My listen friend, have you ever been there? Come on. Been there, done that. Prayed hard. You know, faith, we, we say, you know, that faith if we just have the faith. And over here in uh, chapter 2 in verse 4, this is what Habakkuk says about faith. He says, and this is basically the theme of the book. He says, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Now, what's he saying here? He said, the man that is lifted up, he's standing tall. He goes to church. He goes to Sunday school. He goes to God in prayer. He's a man, my, that he says is lifted up. Okay? You see, he's another plateau. He's not the low life. He's the high life. He's, he's the man that's, but he says here, his soul is not upright in him. Now what's he saying? He's saying he's still not right with God just because he's doing the right thing or keeping the law. Okay? But, there's a but there, the just shall live by his faith. Now if you look, look at this word shall live, the word here live actually means to make alive or even to revive. It means to have a living faith. A living faith. You know we have living wills. 
that uh, we make uh, when we're alive. But this is a living faith. And it's saying, my, that shall ju the just shall live by his faith. Now, bear with me just for a little bit. He's not saying that you're not, that you're going to receive everything that you ask of God. Okay? We think, well, faith is just believing you're going to get it when you ask for it. It's, it's believing with all your heart that God's going to do it, that you're going to get it, that you're going to receive what you've asked for. Basically, Habakkuk's been praying, and he's not getting what he's asking for. All he sees is violence, spoil, He's seeing heartache. He's seeing grief. He said, and thou wilt not hear. I cry, thou wilt not hear. I cry out of violence, and thou wilt not say. He's saying God is inactive. He feels God is inactive. Now the scripture says everything but that. If you look over in Psalms 121, verse 4 there, he says, the, the God that keepeth Israel shall not slumber, neither shall he sleep. <laughs> you know, now we know that God is active. If God wasn't active today, listen, friend, you and I would just go up in dust. Now, now, the planets would collide and everything in the universe would fall apart because we know it's by the word of God that everything is kept in line. Amen? So we know that God is active. Amen? He's not an inactive God. He's not inert. You and I are testimonies that there is a God. In order for something to happen, there's got to be something that makes it happen. <laughs> there's no such thing as life without a living God. Now, bear with me just a little bit. Now, just because we're wishing or hoping for something to happen, now that's not faith. Faith is this, is believing and acting upon God's word. Because that God has said it, that's good enough for me. He says, without faith, he says it's impossible to please God. Now we can't do it. And having a faith, we have set us ourselves up to be tested by faith. A faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Okay? Abraham, he had walked by faith all his life. And he's an old man now. I mean, he's like 99 years old, 98, 99 years old. And in Genesis 22 and verse 1, And the Lord God tempted Abram. 
Now that doesn't mean that he solicited him to evil. It doesn't mean that he, he uh, just said, well, you know, let's just see if Abraham's going to sin today. No, he already knew Abraham, and he knows what he's made of. But he tries his faith. He tries it, and he, he tests Abram's faith. A faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Okay? Now, we can't live without faith. The just shall live by his faith. That's the only way we can be alive. That's the only way we can survive spiritually. That's the only way we can have a connection with God. That's the only way that we can get to heaven is to walk by faith. Brother, you better take care of your faith. Amen? Now, he feels that God is indifferent. He says, why won't you answer me? He feels that God is inactive. Verse 3, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Spoiling and violence are before me, and there are they that rise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked. Does that sound familiar? Come on. Defund the police. Defund the police. Teachers Union in L.A. came out last week. Uh, they're on strike. One of their demands that they, before they'll go back to work, is you got to defund the police and give what you take from them and give it to the teachers. <laughs> now, come on. We can do, they're, they're basically saying, uh, that we are, what's the word test, that, uh, that the workers that are required to be there? Essential. Basically, that's what the teachers is saying, is that we are essential workers. But the police aren't. Okay? Now, now come on, bear with me a little bit. That's what they're saying. They're saying we are essential. But then when it comes to the school year, they say, well, we'll just, we're not really that essential. We'll just teach from home. <laughs> now, I've, I've went to work every day in this pandemic, and they call me an essential worker because uh, the electric companies, the refineries, uh, the steel mills, everything that's moving out there depends upon machinists to, get, to keep things going. And they call me an essential worker. I want you to know that the church is very essential. And to get the message out is, is very essential. And uh, you don't necessarily have to be here to get the message out, but I do. And whatever, what come what may, I'll, I'll let you know that I'm going to be here. Whether we have to shut our doors or not, whether you stay home or you come, that's probably a lot going to be left up to you. But for me and my house, I'm going to be here and I'm going to preach the word. Because the word is essential. Because the just shall live by faith. 
Faith cometh by hearing the word. And you've got to hear the word, God, and it's got to be sent out. It's got to be brought forth before your ears. And my listen, friend, that's what this world needs is to hear the word of God. You can't live without it. I need God every hour. I need God every minute, every second of the day. I need God in my life. My life would be a mess without God. I'd simply fall apart without God. Now there are those that you say, well, live and they get by. They do pretty good. Matter of fact, some of us will even say, you didn't save my husband. You didn't save my son or my daughter. And this low life down the road that never darts in the dark, church door gets healed. And my prayer was with this one. And we sometimes question God, don't we? We do. You know, he felt that God was inactive. He felt like the law was slack. He felt like there was wrong judgment. You know, one thing I want you to see is, is this is just a sign of, sign of the times. If you look over in Thessalonians, in second, second chapter of Second Thessalonians, it says, My, that that man of sin, the son of perdition, shall be revealed that lawless one, that's what that, the son of perdition means. It means that he is a lawless individual. Now there's going to be somebody that's going to step out on the world platform and is going to say, we don't need a police department. We don't need any laws. We just need, oh, you just follow me. And I'm going to set things up to where everybody's free. Everybody can just do what you want to do as long as you take my number or name in your forehead. Amen. The lawless one, the son of perdition. It's talking about the end times. Now, bear with me a little bit. Down here in verse 12 and 13, he says, art thou not everlasting? Now this guy's got some issues with God. He's saying, God, why don't you hear me? He's saying, God, why are you inactive? He said, art thou not everlasting? He said, you're eternal. O Lord, my God, mine holy one. He said, you are a holy God. He said, thou shalt not die. He said, man, you, you're always there. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about the Chaldees. He's talking about the northern kingdom uh, that's going to come down out of the north. And he says, Almighty God, thou hast established them for correction. What God say, I'm going to leave the nations there. He said, they're going to be thorns in your sides. Thou art of pure eyes, he's talking to God, than to behold evil and cannot look upon iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue? He's saying, God, 
Why have you spared them, these evil nations? And you're not, he said, my, we're bad. He said, but they're, they're more evil than we are. And you're blessing them? They're going to come down and afflict us? God, this ain't fair. That's what he's saying to God. You know, we, we have our perception of fairness, don't we? We do. From a human standpoint, we have our perception of what's fair and what's not. And a lot of it comes from this right here. It actually does. The Ten Commandments. We say, man, you've established law. You've established order. You've established my, this book for us to live, live by. But really, it isn't the book that we live by. It's faith in the book that we live by. Amen. Amen. But here he's saying, God, your justice is inconsistent. You have an inconsistent way of looking at justice. Some people get by that's really evil. And then these people over here really get punished. Do you know that if you're a child of God, you know how you can tell you're a child of God? Come on. He chastened whom he loveth. Does he not? These evildoers and wicked people don't know God that seem like they're getting by. You see, there's a difference. Just because the axe doesn't immediately fall doesn't mean they've gotten by. God, listen friend, doesn't always pay on Friday, but he always pays in full. Now they haven't gotten by. Now listen, for a child of God, a child of God, he chastens whom he loveth. The reason you haven't got you you haven't gotten by, the reason that you are is because he's correcting you. He loves you so much that he won't let you walk in sin and enjoy it. Now, a wicked person can enjoy sin walking in it. You're not that away. Because you're not that child. You're a child of God. You're not going to be comfortable walking in sin. You're going to be miserable. Amen. Now, Habakkuk is all upset. He's upset with God. He feels like God is indifferent to his prayers. He feels like God is inactive in taking care of a business of justice in the world. He feels like God is inconsistent in his justice. But when he arrives at chapter 3 and verse 17, he says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, Neither shall the fruit, there's this though and a yet, 
Though he says the free fruit tree shall not be blossom, and there shall not be fruit in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, all the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall not be any herd in the stalls. He's saying, though all of this. Now this really doesn't say it's actually happened yet. He's saying, though it's going to get worse than what it is now. What he's saying, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He's rejoicing in the Lord. He loves the Lord. He loves His being. He loves my His majesty. He loves His great God. In spite of all that's wrong in the world, He still loves God. And He says, I will rejoice. He's traded His doubt for a shout. Now in the beginning, He's doubting the justice of God. He's doubting that God is really active. He's doubting that God hears his prayers. But in the end of the book, he's come to this confidence that he is listening and that he is active and that he is a just and holy God. And when he comes to this conclusion, he says, I'm resting in the fact, God, that you aren't indifferent, that you really do care. Mercy. Though the, though the olive doesn't yield. You know when you don't have the olive, you don't have light. That's what they beat, the olive oil, and they made the light. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, the fruit shall be on the vines, the olive shall fail, the field shall have no meat, no hamburgers or no steaks. Man, wouldn't that be rough? We'd all. And then he says, and there's no herd in the stalls. None of this. Although, he says, and then I will rejoice. Now, look at this word rejoice. What it really means is Habakkuk. I can't hardly do it because I can't do it like I used to. <laughs> Come on. He's jumping for joy. He's jumping. He's turning around and around and he's jumping and he's jumping and he's jumping and he says hallelujah. In the midst of his storm. We talked about Job being in the eye of the storm. And then he proclaims that great proclamation. And he says, though he will slay me, yet will I trust him. Here Habakkuk saying the same thing. He said, I've traded my doubt for a shout. Come on. Come on. Listen, friend, it's all about your faith. It's all about your faith. It ain't about your entertainment. It ain't about 
your standing, as far as how people look at you in the community, why do we come? It's because we are, we are men and women of faith. Amen. And it all depends on God's word. It's what God has said. You know, we just get this thing that, that everything is going to be hokey-dory. And all we have to do is just ask God and pull the right lever and he's going to listen for any... In the midst of our sorrow, that's where our, in the darkest of the night, that's where the light shines the best. Uh, they've got this big thing with Columbus, and Columbus had slaves, and yeah, he did. And yes, it should be condemned. I, I agree with uh, one thing I was reading on on the internet, one, one individual, and he was a professor at a college and a pretty smart guy. And I'm not believing it just because he said it, but he said it like this. Christopher Columbus should be condemned for what he done wrong. And then he should be celebrated for what he done right. His courage, his exploration, his finding, uh, you know, a, a trade route to the Indies and but while he was on his way to the Indies, they run out of food. They, they, his men were starving. It was at a point of mutiny. And Christopher Columbus wrote in his journal, No sight of land today, but we sailed on. No sight! But we sailed on. Habakkuk, he says, all I see is bloodshed, violence. He said, I see wrong prevailing. He said, I see wrong in the community. They've forsaken you, God, and we're in a moral downturn and we're in spiritual darkness. That's all I see, God. But then he says, but I'm going to rejoice. Oh, happy day. Listen, friend. We've just got to praise God that, listen, friend, things are good as they are and things are going to get no land in sight today. But we sailed on. Now, you may not get your prayers answered today, but you still can't give up on God. Look at our Lord. Look what he went through. Look what happened to him. And his disciples. My listen friend, they, they were hid behind closed doors. They said, man, we ain't going out there. Listen, it looks like that this kingdom thing, all these promises, it was nothing but smoke and mirrors and we're out of it. And look where we are. We followed this guy for three years and look where we're at. About the way they felt. 
But on that third and glorious day, he come forth out of the grave and he presented himself. He said, touch me. He said, and feel after me. A spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have, but tarry at Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high. And he said, go into all the world and preach this gospel unto every creature. The great commission. You know, we aren't done yet, church. We haven't crossed the finish line as of yet. The fat lady has not sang, and until then with joy. I'll carry on. That's what the old song, until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Somebody ought to write a song about that, hadn't they? My goodness! No wonder Habakkuk was jumping for joy. He said, thou shalt make my feet as hind's feet. You know what a hind's feet is? It's a deer's foot. Basically, I mean, they could leap up on the mountains and steep, high, rocky terrain, and they could manage with that kind of steepness. My hard going. But for them, because they had hinds feet, you know what a hinds foot does? It holds. That cleft foot, soft, can penetrate. My, just a little old tiny crevice in a rock and they can climb. They can go where you and I can't. And you know what's what faith will do for you? It'll take you where you normally can't go. Faith will energize you. It will enable you. Faith will might bring you closer and higher to God. He said, you've given me hinds feet. We need, in days like today, we need hinds feet. We need something that will hold, something that will climb, something that will take us higher. We need that. Now listen, listen folks. The church is essential. The pastor's work is essential. And I, I, when I, I was looking at this sermon and going over it in the book of Habakkuk and, you know, my heart kind of, you know what I thought of? You know, I'm, I'm blessed here. I'm blessed. I've got a congregation that support me. I, I don't need, you know, your finances as far as to get along. i got a job. You know what, my heart? Look at all these full-time pastors with big churches. And now they've got little, tiny congregations with very little financial support. And these men have stepped out on faith. I'm sure they all probably feel like Habakkuk. They probably, he was a prophet. And he said, my, it's all falling apart. This is my calling. This is my job. I'm just a part-timer. And I can get through this. And we can get through this. And like I say, uh, when I was off the month, uh, I didn't take a salary. Didn't need a salary. If we can do it again, if we have to close the doors of the church, and we'll get by, we'll pay our bills. You know, God's been good to us poor old people up there on the hill. 
But I thought, I thought, you know, you take George, George Holly. What a great man of God George Holly is. He can't evangelize. I mean, as far as I know, the last revival was the one that we stopped in the middle of right here. And, and we didn't hardly pay George enough to pay for his meals and his gas. Uh, for the one day that he came and brought the word of God to us. We, we cut him short. Or the pandemic cut him short. You know, I kind of feel, feel for these guys. You know, we're in pretty good shape up here on the hill. But I, what I want you to see is, is how essential these guys are. The George Hollies. The preachers that stand and proclaim the word of truth. We can do without baseball. We can do without football. We can do without my, the World Series. But lesson fam, we cannot do without the word of God. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Friend, I'm committed to it. How about you? I'm committed to get the word out, whatever it takes. If the olive oil fails, if the vines, uh, the, all, the, all the herds in the stall, everything goes wrong. Listen, friend, he said, yet, yet will I rejoice in the God of my salvation. Come on. Those and a yet. You got another. And you might get another next Sunday. Who knows? Come on, Brother Bill. 191. 191. Not a though and a yet. I think 